Good morning. Let's try that again. Good morning. All right, as everybody makes their way to their seats, uh, I'm Andy Watson. I'm the youth minister here. Um, our pastor, Joseph, is sick this morning. He's been running a very high fever for the last few days and wound up having to go to the emergency room last night. Um, he is going to be okay, um, but he is unable to be here today, uh, so uh, I'm filling in. I have a few announcements to make before we get started with our worship service. First, I want to welcome all visitors. If this is your first time with us, we will be passing around a, a little pad in a little while. If you don't mind signing, give us your information uh, so we can contact you and let you know it was uh, really good to have you. And uh, hopefully, if you have any questions, you can find somebody uh, helpful to uh, the ushers are at the back and um, uh, get any questions answered that you might have. Also, at this time, if you have any prayer requests, if you would uh, raise your hand. The ushers have uh, little index cards, and the way we do it here is, is, you know, if you have a prayer request that you don't mind sharing with the rest of the congregation, then you just raise your hand, and uh, we'll be praying those uh, later in the, in the service. Um, so Bill's got the cards and the pencils, and uh, we'll be glad to give you one of those if you have a prayer request. We have a big night tonight. Um, we have our fall carnival, our trunk or treat, and it begins at 5 o'clock. The youth will be selling hot dogs and uh, bologna sandwiches, fried bologna. And, um, and then there will be games and prizes and trick-or-treating and face painting and cakewalking and all that kind of good stuff. Um, Katie is uh, on her way back from uh, Savannah this morning. Uh, Eric had a um, job uh, conference for the spouses and the and the employees this weekend. So she will be here uh, bright, uh, not bright and early, but she'll be here the early this afternoon to start setting up for that. And I, if you are volunteering for that, um, please touch base with Katie after lunch today so you can know what time you need to be here um, to help out. I know many of you are helping out with running the games for the kids and everything. And of course, as always, the coveted junk in the trunk award um, will be awarded and, and maybe passed on to another trunk uh, this evening. So uh, you're welcome to decorate your trunk as spooky or as uh, crafty as you want to, and, and uh, there will be judging for that going on this evening. Um, trying to think if there's any other announcements. Anybody know of anything else going on this week? Uh, Pastor Joseph wants to thank everybody who came to Charge Conference. We had a great Charge Conference. We um, voted in our officers for next year, as well as voted for a new playground, uh, new playground equipment for uh, Gale and the CEP program, as well as there's tentative plans to put playground equipment out here for the churchwide, um, which will be really neat, uh, and long-range plans of a picnic shelter and all that, so things are, are really starting to fall in place as far as that goes. Uh, so um, uh, one more quick announcement before we begin worship. Last week I announced that we needed some people to volunteer for setup and refreshments. I am happy to announce that this morning we have finished the refreshments for 2014 and we only have three months left to, uh, to do uh, setup for next year. Um, I'll be glad to talk with anybody who's interested in, in what it takes to set this up. Uh, usually it's done on a Saturday evening and um, I think the months are April, June, and August. So. Uh, consider, please consider. I'm trying to get all that taken care of uh, before we even hit 2014, so it's all nailed down. Um, so uh, consider serving in that way. Uh, it's really not that difficult, and uh, we ask for just one month out of the year. So um, with that said, let's uh, pause just a moment and remember why we are here and begin to focus on our risen Savior. 
push out the distractions, push out all of the things that might be weighing on your mind, and focus on worshiping Jesus Christ. Will you stand and let's sing together? to come and just sing. Lord, we thank you that you can just strip everything else away from us this morning and help us just to focus on you. Lord, thank you for taking away the burdens and the responsibilities and all the things that weigh on our minds and our hearts and fill us up, Lord, with your Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you for the sunshine and we thank you for the cooler weather and we thank you for the changing of the seasons. We just thank you for it all, Lord, because without you, none of this is possible. Lord, we want to hold you with us all week long and show you to everyone that we meet. In your name I pray. Amen.
Greet your neighbor, tell them good morning and that you love them. And children, come meet us on the carpet. This time of year freaks me out. Do you know why? It's Halloween. When you go in stores, there's all sorts of creepy things, skeletons lurking around, monsters. Makes me nervous. How about you? No. no. All right. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Well, at nighttime sometimes, do you get afraid? Some yeses, some noes. Usually at night, it's a little more spooky, isn't it? Mm -hmm. You hear noises and you don't know what it is, and you're going, oh my goodness. Well, I brought this with you, me, today. And let's see if I can get it to work. What's that? It's a light, isn't it? Who has a night light in their room to help them see at night? 
Yep, it's nice to have one of these, isn't it? All right, well, I want you to know we have a light with us at all times. Do you know what that light is? God, that's right. In the Bible, it tells us God is light and in him is no darkness. And we also read the verse, the Lord is my light and my salvation, whom, I, whom shall I fear? So do we need to be afraid of things that scare us? No. And, but it's okay to be scared. I bet your mamas and dads get scared at times too. You know, of spiders, snakes, that type thing. Yeah. When their visa bill comes in, that's scary too. But anyway, so what I want you to remember today, that Jesus is our light and we do not need to be afraid of anything. All right, let's pray. Dear Lord, help us remember when the dark comes to us and scares us. We don't have to be afraid because you are our own light. Amen. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Most gracious and loving Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for this day and confess that we are blessed beyond that which we deserve. We are indeed sinners in need of a Savior, and you have lovingly and most graciously provided that in the form of your Son, and for that we give you the utmost thanks. But we also acknowledge this day that there are many among us who are hurting. So Lord, we pray for healing this day in whatever form may be your will. We ask that you would mend the brokenhearted, that you would heal those who are dealing with disease and illness, that you would restore and reconcile broken relationships. that you would save the lost and that you would lead your people into the ways of prosperity and Christian maturity. Lord, we thank you that even when we are unfaithful to our vows and promises to you, that you remain faithful to us. We confess that we fall short more times than we would like to admit even to ourselves and ask now for forgiveness for those things which weigh us down. Give us the strength and the courage to let them go, that we might be free to obey you and to join you in your effort to move your kingdom further into this world. Help us always to be mindful of our call to be your hands and feet, our call to be an extension of in each and every situation that we encounter. Lord, we acknowledge that there are specific prayer requests this morning. We know that you're already involved in, in all of these situations and even the unspoken situations on our hearts. We pray that your will be done. And Lord, we pray that we would be able to accept your will. 
whatever the case may be. We lift up an aunt who has had a stroke this past week. We pray for our nation. We pray for Tracy Coy, who needs prayer, suffering from the flu. But we also lift up to you our pastor, as he is also sick this morning. We pray for healing in his life. Lord, these are our prayer requests, and there are many more, I am sure, on our hearts. We lift them all up to you in the name of Christ, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. I forgot to change the name on the PowerPoint. As I mentioned earlier, I'm not Joseph, and I'm not stealing his sermon either. I, the, the cultivating kudzu is my sermon this morning. He was going to preach on Zacchaeus, and I think maybe he'll do that next week. So uh, it's, uh, you'll get to hear that next week, but you'll have to deal with this for now. Luke 17, 5 through 10. I'm really just going to read 5 this morning because that's where I want to preach from. You've probably heard this verse before. All right. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord said, if you had faith like a grain of mustard seed, you could say to the mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Now, how many of you have heard that before? Okay. This is coming on the heels of Jesus' teaching about the kingdom of God. He had just told the disciples some very tough things about how we're to love one another. Pray for your enemies. Love those who persecute you. Very hard stuff. The disciples had already asked many questions. How many times should we forgive our brothers when they sin against us? Jesus said seven times, 70. All right? And he didn't mean to actually, you know, draw the line there. Seven's a complete number, a whole number. It meant keep doing it. He was talking about blessed are the poor and the meek. How hard it is for the rich to get into the kingdom of God, harder than it is for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. So this is backwards to all that they knew. All that they had come to understand about the way God works. If you are rich, that means God is blessing you. So to hear this teacher say, riches do not matter. That the meek and the lowly will be the ones who inherit God's promises. Those are whom I have come to save This is a difficult thing. The disciples know that they want to follow Jesus, but they're wondering how in the world they're ever going to accept this kingdom that he's talking about. Because it's run in a completely different way. So we come to the Luke 17, 5, and they ask, Lord, increase our faith. We need more belief to to follow you. We don't know how we're going to do this. How are we going to how can we forgive when people hurt us over and over again? How can we pray for our enemies? How can we love those who persecute us, who want to do us harm? And I dare say that that's a question that most of us ask today. Are we ready for that kind of kingdom? Do we not also cry out, increase our faith? And then, of course, you have 
this very famous, if you had faith like a grain of mustard seed. Now, I want you to read that, like a grain of mustard seed. Now, if you go home and you look in many of your translations, there will be something there. There will be, if you have faith the size of a grain of mustard seed, or maybe you've heard it this way, if you have faith as small as a grain of mustard seed, this has been taught and preached for many, many, many years, perhaps even a thousand years. Problem is, now that we have the oldest documents, there is nothing in them about small or size. There's nothing in the Greek, the original Greek, that says anything about the size of the mustard seed. That's why I like this translation. This is the English Standard Version. If you had faith like a grain of mustard seed, we have superimposed. How many of you uh, have uh, or know somebody who has one of those little necklaces that's got the little mustard seed, right? And the idea behind it is if you have just a little bit of faith, God can do great things. I'm not denying that that's true. But I don't think that's what Jesus is teaching in this passage. And in every passage where it's mentioned, it's actually faith like a grain of mustard seed, not faith small as a mustard seed. Now, Jesus used a lot of parables, right? And most of them had to do with what? Farming. Yes. Farming. Agriculture. So we have to ask ourselves, what would Jesus' followers, His disciples, what would they have thought of when they thought of that mustard seed, it wouldn't have been size, really. All, all seeds are small, right? I mean, you ever, have you ever gotten a pack of seeds from the, for, you know, from the garden shop down at Lowe's or, or Dobbins or anywhere like that? I mean, you pour them out, they're tiny. All seeds are small. It's only when you really compare them to other seeds that you would think of small. No. The disciples would have thought, perhaps, and focused less on the size and more on what it was. What kind of seed was it? Mustard seed. Do you know what mustard seed grows into? Mustard weed. It is the bane of Palestinian agriculture. Seriously. It is a very hardy plant that once it takes root, it, it takes over. It will ruin crops. It will, and, and in essence, then it will destroy livelihoods. Once it gets its roots into the soil, it is most difficult to get out. It's like that good thing that we call, or that, the, the, the thing that we good Southerners call kudzu, right? I mean, y'all know how fast kudzu grows, right? I mean, obviously, there's not much left of that truck there or that car, you know? And it's not, it doesn't take long. Have you ever seen like a, a valley with some old trees or maybe even an old power line or something? I mean, it just looks all green and lush and everything, and that's kudzu, and it takes over it can grow extremely fast, up to 100 feet a week. That's extremely fast. Well, mustard weed is like kudzu over in the Middle East. It is very dangerous. If you get kudzu in your fields over here, you can't get it out. It's one of the most difficult things to get out. It is uncontrollable and uncontainable. It'll grow on concrete, right? Kudzu will. Now, when we think about that, that the disciples, many of them would have went to the agriculture analogy. When Jesus said, if your faith is like a grain of mustard seed, they wouldn't have thought that it needed to be small or anything like that. They would have thought about uncontrollable, uncontainable mustard weed, which you can't really 
wrap your arms around. You can't control it. You can't say it stops here. And I think that's the message for us. Because all of us, when we're talking about our faith, we want to put it in a box. We want to say that it happens here, in this way, at this time on Sunday morning at 9.30. This is how faith happens. We want to control it. That's why the disciples were having such a tough time accepting the ways of the kingdom. That's why we have such a tough time accepting the ways of the kingdom. Jesus wasn't saying have just a little bit of faith. He was saying have faith that is uncontrollable. Let it go. Uncontainable. And I think that we, especially American Christians, unfortunately, oftentimes are cultivating kudzu. So I found us a good list online. This is from a website called How to Grow. It's by a guy in Georgia, but uh, this should be helpful for us if, if we endeavor to cultivate kudzu. Choosing a plot. Kudzu can be grown almost anywhere. So site selection is not the problem it is with some other finicky plants like strawberries. Although kudzu will grow quite well on cement, for best results you should select an area having at least some dirt. To avoid lawsuits, it is advisable to plant well away from your neighbor's house, unless, of course, you don't get along with your neighbor anyway. Okay? Now, preparing the soil. This is very important. Go out and stomp on the soil for a while just to get its attention and prepare it for the kudzu. Okay? Deciding when to plant. Kudzu should always be planted at night. If kudzu is planted during daylight hours, angry neighbors might see you and begin throwing rocks at you. So a nighttime planting, that's what you want to do. Selecting the proper fertilizer. The best fertilizer I have discovered for kudzu is 40-weight non-detergent motor oil. Kudzu actually doesn't need anything to help it grow, but the motor oil helps to prevent scraping the underside of the tender leaves as it starts its rapid growth. It also cuts down on friction and lessens the danger of fire when the kudzu really starts to move. Change oil once every thousand feet or every two weeks, whichever comes first. Mulching the plants. Contrary to what you may be told by the extension service, kudzu can profit from a good mulch. I have found that a heavy mulch for the young plants produces a hardier crop. For best results, as soon as the young shoots begin to appear, Cover kudzu with concrete blocks. Although this causes a temporary setback, your kudzu will accept this mulch as a challenge and will reward you with redoubled determination in the long run. Crop rotation. Many gardeners are understandably concerned that growing the same crop year after year will deplete the soil. If you desire to change from kudzu to some other plant next year, now is the time to begin preparations. Right now, before the growing season has reached its peak, you should list your house and lot with a reputable real estate agent and begin making plans to move elsewhere. Your chances of selling will be better now that they will be later in the year. Now then, they will be later in the year when it may be difficult for prospective buyers to realize that there, beneath those lush green vines stands an adorable three-bedroom house. Those are just some tips if you're looking to plant kudzu, you know. Nobody plants kudzu, right? Nobody plants kudzu, and it's crazy to even think about it. We know about, you know, kudzu here in the South particularly. It just takes over. Most people try and get rid of it, right? Everything from literally setting fire to it to 
I've known people who've bought a herd of goats to try and get rid of kudzu. It's like our faith. If we just let it go, I think that's what Jesus is saying. Stop trying to cultivate it. We try to control things in our lives. I want you to think right now about the things today, already this morning, that you've thought of that you need to have a, a handle on by this afternoon. All the things in your life that you need to get control of. That's what we tell ourselves. Get control. Unfortunately, you can't control everything. And faith is one of those things that you cannot control. It's a gift from God. And much like the Holy Spirit, which Jesus says blows like the wind and you don't know where it's coming from or where it's going, that's the way faith is. Can you imagine if God's people allowed their faith to run like kudzu, like mustard weed? That's what Jesus was saying, is you've got to get outside of the box. Now sure, He talked about having a little bit of faith in other places. He told the disciples, O ye of little faith. I'm not denying that, it, you know, that Jesus would say that it takes a little faith to do big things. But the real issue in this passage is not that it be as small as a grain of mustard seed. It's that it be uncon as uncontrollable, uncontainable as what mustard seed becomes. Are we willing to give up control though? Are we willing to let God reprioritize our lives? I happen to really like my life structured. Some have said I suffer from a little bit of OCD. If it's not on my calendar, don't come to me asking me to do it. Last minute stuff, I can't stand that. Now, I married somebody who is very spontaneous to balance me out. But many of you are like that too. If it's not on that schedule, if it's not done the way that I think it should be done, and then we apply that to God. If God doesn't meet me at 9 o'clock on Sunday morning, He may not get to meet with me this week. Or 11 o'clock, or whatever time it is you've got in your schedule. If God doesn't act in this way in this situation, then me and Him might not be on the same page on this issue. If He doesn't answer my prayer in this way, then I'm not sure I'm going to pray much more about it. Now that might sound harsh, but... In honesty, we all kind of act like that sometimes. We all tend to, to think that God ought to fit in our box. We think we should probably have more of an administrative role in the kingdom of God than we actually should. Maybe we should be, you know, kind of just under Jesus just a little bit. And I know that's funny, and I laugh too, but the truth is... There's truth in that. So the question for today is, is, think about your life. Think about the demands that the kingdom of God would place upon your life if you were to let it come in. Are there enemies that need loving? Are there loved ones who need forgiving? Are there relationships that need to be reconciled? Are there disciplines that need to be put in place? Prayer, worship, Bible study, accountability with friends. Are there things you need to end in your life? Harmful, distracting habits. Things on your schedule that keep you from God. 
And are you willing to let faith become uncontrollable and uncontainable? Because that's the only way you can really accept the kingdom of God is when you stop trying to fit it into your box, into our parameters, because it's so much bigger than us. It's absurd. The kingdom of God is absurd. It's so absurd that the God who created the earth, His very Word came down and put on human flesh. No other religion. Mortals are always trying to become gods. Gods don't really become mortals. And even if they do, do they dare to die? To lay down their lives that others might have abundant life? Might have eternal life? That's absurd. And we all claim that as Christians. That's the bedrock of our faith. But then we kind of tend to want to shape it from there. To funnel God into our lives and into our way of thinking about religion and spirituality. Something so uncontrollable, so absurd as Jesus Christ, King of kings and Lord of lords, crucified, dead and buried. Something so absurd as that translates into us trying to squeeze that in and make it fit in the way we like to think. It's like cultivating kudzu. You can spend a lot of time doing it. You can spin your wheels and get nowhere as far as Christian maturity or as far as your journey goes with Jesus. Because in the end, you can't. The kingdom of God moves on. And if you're not moving with it, it's getting further away. Sometimes we need to play catch-up. Stop cultivating kudzu and start moving towards the kingdom of God. And I think what Jesus was telling his disciples is that it's not at all a problem for you to ask for more faith. But it's not the size of the faith. It's the nature. And our faith should be uncontrollable and uncontainable without all these things that weigh us down and lock us down. So before the kingdom of God gets too far away, let's ask ourselves if we're cultivating kudzu in our own journey, in our own faith, in our own lives. And then let's stop, because that's really the absurd thing, is to think that we could contain a great of, as great a faith as what has been given us. Praise be to God. Amen. Would you join me as we respond to the proclamation of the word? <laughs> Please stand for our affirmation of faith. We are not alone. We live in God's world.
You may be seated. At this time, let us continue to worship through the giving of our tithes and offerings. Free, 
But you are here with me. Yes, you are here with me. Let's all stand and sing together. Well, you are beautiful, my sweet, sweet song. You are beautiful, my sweet, sweet song. You are beautiful, my sweet, sweet song. And I will sing again. so good to me, you heal my broken heart, you are my Father in heaven, you are so good to me, you heal my broken heart, you are my Father in heaven, you are beautiful, my sweet, sweet song, you are place, let us remember that we cannot hope to contain or control faith or God. Let us stop cultivating kudzu and see what wonders God will do in our lives. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.
Have a great week.